Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Today on Things You Should Know, 10 beautiful places in Florida that you probably didn't know even existed. Stick around. Here at Things You Should Know Podcast, our focus varies from commonly asked questions like, What are the top email apps for iPhone users? Or how much does it cost to go to Disney World anyway? To the trending topics of the day, such as are taxes going up or down? And who's Elon Musk? We shed light on things you probably have always wondered about, but you never got around to investigating them yourself. This podcast brings you the answers to your most commonly asked questions and makes you smarter just by listening. Information empowers, and the more information you have, the better decision you can make, and ultimately, your quality of life is based on the decisions you make. So, thanks for joining the discussion, and make sure that you subscribe today and not miss out on any future episodes of Things You Should Know. Hey guys, welcome into the podcast, Things You Should Know. I am your host, Kelly, and it's my pleasure to welcome you into yet another wonderful and informative and exhilarating and um, hopefully a podcast that you're going to take and move with quickly since we are now in the middle of summer. We're not quite in the middle, but we're in a place where a lot of folks are ready to get out, obviously because of the unpleasantness from last year. Folks are anxious uh, to get out and be in the sun, be in the water, and to see other people, and that's fine. Hopefully you're doing all of this safely and, and you're getting your vaccinations and things like that so that everything is is copacetic. Uh, but I'm looking back at some of the other podcasts that we have done, and I've noticed that um, – you guys are really tuning in on some of the vacation uh, areas. So, for example, uh, we talked about seven U.S. Beach, beaches, beach towns that you should visit. Uh, that was a very popular podcast that it came out on May the 27th. So you may want to go back and check that one out if you've not done so already. And I think we did at least one or two others when we talked about uh, different, you know, vacation areas and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, here you go. Ten cities that you didn't know you could afford to visit. All these seem to be very popular with you guys. And I know that we're in a point right now where folks are really looking for places to go. 
and things to do. And that's great. That's fine. Uh, I'm one of those people. Uh, so when I see an article like this, I think, hey, this is great. I'll bring this to the podcast and I'll give you as much information as I possibly can in hopes that it works for you. You'll go in, you'll take a look at the links on our Facebook page, which I know you've already started to follow and you've joined. And you can kind of link out from there and see some of these places for yourself. Excuse me. Uh, it's very important if you have not joined our Facebook group to do so because you're going to see these pictures today. I'm going to describe them to you as best I can, but uh, it'll only be second to the actual uh, photos. I'm going to also link each location's uh, website. Each location has its own website, and it talks about protocol procedures for safety standpoint, but it also talks about what to expect at these locations. So you uh, joined the podcast at a very uh, good time because I, I, I'm excited about it. And when I saw it in the name of a 10 beautiful places in Florida that you didn't even know existed, I've been to Florida from top to bottom. And although, um, you know, the middle is my favorite because I've told you before, I'm a big um, theme park Disney uh, nerd uh, from Miami to um to Tampa, over to, I think I told you guys about my time over at Hammock Beach, a little softer Jacksonville and St. Augustine and the Panhandle. Listen, there's a lot to explore in Florida, and I'm going to help you find some places today that possibly work for you with your vacation schedule and some places that you've never been. So before we get started, I would like to thank all of you for joining first timers, old timers. Guys, thank you for being here today. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump into the content. We're going to go ahead and jump into the content. So the title really says it all. The title really says it all. Uh, we're going to talk about some really great places in Florida. These are not beaches. Okay. These are not beaches. These are other locations. And the reason I bring that up is because if you're looking for a place to go, and you're looking for a place that you haven't been and possibly looking for a place that pe other people don't even know about, or at least on a large scale, maybe these are some places that you can go and not worry about big crowds. OK, because I'm still cautious of big crowds. I understand what's going on still in the world, although a lot of people may not. And safety is still um, should still be key. And so large crowds, uh, I, I avoid large crowds, particularly when folks are not wearing their masks, because I know everyone uh, is not vaccinated. So there you go. Number one, Kanapaha Botanical Gardens. And I'm almost positive I mispronounced that first word, but it's K-A-N-A-P-A-H-A, Kanapaha Botanical Gardens. Uh, well, who knew that one of the best botanical gardens in the U.S. was just minutes from the University of Florida? Well, I did not. I've never heard of this place. Uh, it's off of a place called Archer Road, and it is called Kanapaha Botanical Gardens, home to the state's largest collection of bamboo trees, the biggest herb garden in the southeast. And there are these beautiful ponds, guys, beautiful ponds with these uh, lily pads and things like that. You've got to see it. That's what I'm telling you to go to our Facebook page and check it out. But they're beautiful ponds full of giant Victorian water lilies. I call them lily pads, but they're Victorian water lilies. Uh, 24 different gardens sit side by side, ranging from Japanese and rose gardens to enchanted butterfly gardens. You can stroll along these winding paths. 
They are layered with oaks draped in Spanish moss. I love Savannah and the coast and Spanish moss. Every All of that feels good to me. At the end of the trail, you can relax on a bench and enjoy the views of Lake Kanapaha. Now, if you go over to uh, the website for this particular botanical garden, it will give you uh, some information. Uh, first and foremost, it says, yes, we are open. Yes, we are open. Kanapaha Botanical Gardens is a 68 acre facility and it is now open for regular business hours. OK, regular business hours. It has a fantastic photo gallery. If you're a photographer, particularly a nature photographer, and you're looking for some content, listen, this place is beautiful. It is spectacular. How much does it cost to get in, Kelly? What are the operation? I'm glad you asked. Adults, a whopping 10 bucks, $10. Children 5 to 13 is $5. Children under 5 are free when accompanied by a parent. Why wouldn't a kid under 5 be accompanied by a parent? I don't know. Um, days of the week, they are 9 to 5, Monday through Wednesday. They are not open on Thursdays. They are 9 to 5 on Friday. Saturday and Sunday, they are 9 to 7 or dusk. So I think maybe they've got something special going on on the weekend. Here's what I'll tell you. They are dog friendly. So if you want to bring your dog and want to walk, you can do that. Uh, this is on Southwest Archer Road off of State Road 24, one mile west of Interstate 75. And I know Interstate 75 very well because I take that uh, when I go to Disney World and to Universal uh, University of Florida is in Gainesville. So, guys, this is a fantastic opportunity to, especially if you live in Florida or if you're looking, you know, if you're going to the parks, for example, if you're going to Florida and you say, hey, I got an extra, some extra time and I'm not very far away, you know, 10 bucks to go to this park. It looks, it looks pretty nice. And if you're a nature person, I, I, I think this is a, a good a good way to spend some time. So, again, it is the Kanapaha K-A-N-A-P-A-H-A Botanical Gardens. And don't worry about having to spell that. All you have to do is go to our Facebook page and I've got the link already there. Okay. Again, this is close to Gainesville, right outside of Gainesville. Now, the next place is called Coral Castle. And I've been to Miami. Never heard of this place. Most of the time with Miami, people are talking about what? South Beach. They're talking about the beach and the strip and uh, you know, basketball. Well, I guess they used to talk about basketball games, but, you know, it's all the that nightlife and that sort of thing. And that's fine. But if you're looking for something different, something away from the water, why don't you look at Coral Castle, Coral Castle? Um, if you want to spend some time away from Miami's fantastic beaches and do some exploring, you'll bump into what some call the eighth man wonder of the world coral castle it took lead i'm sorry it took ed lee skidlin 28 years to turn 1100 tons of coral rock into an extravagant castle uh there seem there seems to be no witnesses to ed's building technique but it stands as one of the world's most mysterious accomplishments he secretly built this eye-catching castle under cover of night at a time when there was no access to modern construction methods, he'd only say that he knew the secrets of the pyramids. The result is a remarkable artificial structure 
in the state. Now you jump on over to the Coral Castle website, gives you a little bit more history on the Coral Castle. And just like our predecessor, Coral Castle wants you to know, yes, they are open, uh, but they want you to know that you will have to wear a mask on the property. And that is more than likely uh, the same thing with the garden. So just so you guys know. Uh, so Coral Castle um, was uh, built by this gentleman in the cover of night. And it just I, I don't really know how to describe it. Uh, again, you're just going to have to go and take a look at our uh, Facebook page so you can get to the website. The website is not the most fantastic, uh, but it does have some information on obviously where it is, uh, how to get there, some pictures of the castle, what it will look like. It is certainly uh, in a word unique. Uh, it does have some guest reviews. It has some guest reviews. So let me see. Well, there are a ton of guest reviews. I'm going to read through a few of these so you know uh, what some of these folks are saying. Number one, went to Castle during 1980s while serving at Homestead at the Air Force. Have not been back to Florida since. Will return March 2016. Think my wife will find the castle interesting. Okay, so obviously it's been around for a while. Uh, someone else says had the honor of visiting Sunday. This is in 2017. It was my first time visiting with my husband. I was truly amazed at the castle and learning the story behind it is truly romantic. The loved one can have for someone and to build uh, this to prove it. I cannot wait to visit again and hopefully next visit uh, be able to do the tour since this time around was unable to do due to the heat. And the tour guide talked so low and was hard to hear. So my parents who had been, you know, there before told me about everything. Pictures came out beautifully. Thank you for allowing my family to come and visit around. There are a lot of different um, photographs of the castle as well as uh, some history on who Ed is. It has a picture of him there and it has a pretty lengthy story, a backstory. So obviously I've got eight more um eight more items to go through. I'm not going to go through this entire piece on this castle, but it is in the beach. And if you want to go to Miami and do something different, maybe Coral Castle is the thing for you. Now this next one is for me. This for sure. It is Neptune Memorial Reef. And this is off of Key Biscayne. Again, it's Neptune Coral. I'm sorry, Neptune Memorial Reef off of Key Biscayne. Now, if you happen to be in Key Biscayne in that area, you want to check out a haven for scuba divers, for boaters, for students, for marine biologists. It's called the Neptune Memorial Reef. It covers more than 16 acres of the ocean floor. This Atlantis inspired site is home to the largest man made reef in the world. Many people come to the reef, not just for underwater experience, but to send off the ashes of loved ones in this serene memorial. Uh, it looks beautiful. That's the only thing I can tell you. It looks absolutely amazing. Uh, I have always fancied scuba diving. I've, I've not done deep scuba, but I've done like a snorkeling. So I guess I've not done really done scuba. Uh, but Neptune also has its own website and this website is very interactive. You're going to like this. Uh, you're going to have a video gallery. You're going to have, uh, uh, some pictures and you're going to have a reef map to sort of show you where everything is. 
Now, again, the name of this is called the Neptune Memorial uh, Reef. So the idea behind the reef, the planning, uh, was to build an artificial reef that is also an art piece. And when you look at it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, With the design concept as a futuristic lost city of Atlantis, a small group dedicated to the idea began the process of engineering the site and seeking approval. A permit required for the reef was that it was engineered to withstand the storm and designed for habitat. The Neptune Memorial Reef meets the strict guidelines and permitting of the EPA, the DERM, the NOAA, and Florida Fish and Wildlife, and of course, the Army Corps of Engineers. The Memorial Reef is also certified by the Green Burial Council, providing an ecologically sensitive alternative to burial. That's very interesting uh, because, again, it seems like a lot of people, well, I guess people who know about this, have um, decided that this want, you know this place is good enough for their final resting place, and they want to actually spread there. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. So if you go to the website and you want to take a look, there's a very detailed backstory. It talks about uh, really what you can anticipate seeing and how uh, this was engineered, what the reef uh, is really built of, what makes it so ecologically friendly. Uh, You want to uh, see the map where it's actually located off of uh, Key Biscayne. It's a little distance from Key Biscayne is south of Miami. And it it looks like it looks like it may be the southernmost uh, island that uh, is connected to the Miami area. Not from Miami. I'm just looking at the map. So if I'm incorrect, someone from Miami will correct me in the comments. Now, if you want to visit, uh, let's see what it takes for us to 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 do that. Uh, I think what you want to do is to simply uh, reach out to these good folks on their website. Uh, they are uh, they have a contact us page here. I don't necessarily see a page with prices and things like that. It talks about the process of getting started to, you know, to come there. So um, you probably want to you probably want to just use the website, reach out to them and let them know your interest in visiting and if you want to plan a memorial or plan a cremation, both of those options are on the website as well. So Neptune Memorial Reef uh, is our number three. And it looks really cool. Let's take a quick break. Hey, I'm going to get you back to that episode really quick. I know you're enjoying the podcast. I wanted to say thank you, break in really quick to say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Three things really quickly. Number one, thank you for listening. Number two, please go down in the show notes. We have a new um, way to communicate, and it is through text. So we'd love to hear from you guys. So please send us a text message. When you're done listening to this episode, we'd love to know what your thoughts are. And then lastly, please go into our digital store. We've got a lot of digital products there that can help you be supported throughout these content deliveries throughout the podcast. There are ways for you to download these worksheets and eBooks and different things that can help really solidify some of the content that we talk about here on Rethink Podcast. Thank you guys so much, and I'll get you back to your episode. Uh, 
Uh, St. Petersburg. How many folks know where St. Petersburg is? There's a place there that's called Salvador Dali Museum. Salvador Dali, D-A-L-I Museum. Uh, the Salvador Dali Museum is in St. Petersburg. It houses the most extensive collection of highly imaginative and talented surrealist painters' work outside of Europe. Salvador Dali. The museum stands as a tribute and it features several of Dali's paintings, photographs, prints, and 3D objects. Uh, so we jumped over to there uh, to this particular website and they are open. Advanced tickets are required to visit the museum. You can reserve them now through August 31st, 2021. And there's a link on the website. Uh, let's see. How much are the tickets? Ticket prices, folks, for adults 18 to 64 are only $25. You can get discounted tickets for adults if you are a senior 65 and up, if you are an educator, firefighter, police, or military. And those are $23. You can also get a discounted student ticket if you are a teenager from 13 to 17 or college age 18 plus. And those are $18. Youth are only $10, 6 to 12. And if you're five or under, you are free. You are free. Um, they do have some specials. Uh, Thursday after 5 p.m., adults and seniors are $12.50. Thursday after 5 p.m. also, kids are only 8 bucks. And then Thursday after 5, again, kids are free 5 and under. So you will need to reserve uh, your tickets. And I'll tell you what I think is happening here because I have been to uh, a museum uh, during covid and what's happening is they are planning the groups and they don't want the, there to be too many people in, in one group. And uh, you can imagine as you're going through a museum, it's an indoor closed area and they want to keep people circulating. They don't want to keep they don't have groups. Everybody kind of plunged in the same area. So you're going to get a time and times are normally spread out about 15 minutes apart to get people to uh, review whatever attraction or not attraction, but, but whatever exhibit they're currently looking at so they can move on to the next. And so once you enter, you shouldn't be that close to another group. So again, that is called the Salvador Dali Museum. If you're an art lover and you're around the area of St. Petersburg, why not go check it out? Let's get to number five, Morikami Museum and Japanese Gardens. I absolutely love Japanese gardens. And this is at Delray Beach. This is at Delray Beach. So there was a beach involved. Uh, if you want an authentic Japanese experience outside of Japan, you have but to go to Delray Beach and you can find the Morikami Museum and Japanese Gardens. This garden to this article is a must see. And looking at the pictures, it is, it is wonderful. You will experience gorgeous trees and foliage as well as serene ponds and peaceful fountains. There are expiring and tranquil gardens. They offer you the chance uh, to see a variety of exhibitions. They're centered on various interesting aspects of, yes, Japanese culture. You can also explore Japanese art deco, tattoo culture, and the art of creating bamboo baskets. I wish I knew how to do that. 
I wish I knew how to do that. Now, what else is cool there is you can check out, they have a tea room where you can be part of a traditional tea ceremony. Wouldn't that be great? Now, they also have a pretty extensive website when it talks about the hours of operation, how you could become a member, gives you a uh, photo gallery of the museum itself, as well as the gardens and how to plan your trip. So let me just tell you, first of all, number one, they are open. Okay, they are open and the hours of operation are Tuesday through Sunday, Tuesday through Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. They are closed on Mondays and every major holiday. Okay, the admission is very reasonable. Adults 18 plus. It's only 15 dollars. Seniors 65 plus 13 children, six through 17, nine dollars. And children five and under are free. So if you got some little bitties and they're five and under, they're absolutely free. Um, guys, you would just have to take a look at how beautiful this place is. Um, they're, they're wonderful uh, gardens. One of the things I love about the Japanese culture are the, 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 the Zen gardens, including the bonsai. Uh, I, I have always been a fan of bonsai trees and just the um, just the, the zen, if you will, of the gardens and a place to perhaps go and meditate or just simply be, be still and to be quiet. Uh, the design is absolutely uh, wonderful. So there are a number of gardens there. They also have a map that kind of shows you uh, where to go. They have an, a, a store full of apparel and different souvenirs that you can buy, including books and stationery. And they have a way that you can donate if you just simply like to give to uh, the uh, to the gardens. So that's number five, guys. And that is at Delray Beach. And it is the Morikami Museum and Japanese Gardens. All right. Uh, St. Augustine, St. Augustine, St. Photius National Greek Orthodox Shrine. Photius, P-H-O-T-I-O-S, National Greek Orthodox Shrine. This is in St. Augustine. Now, I have been to St. Augustine, and I'll bet you I've seen this place and just didn't know what it was. So, um, this is a um, a beautiful spot in St. Augustine. It was originally built in uh, 1749. Now, you'll know that St. Augustine is the oldest uh, American city, one of the first, the first established. Uh, this National Greek Orthodox Shrine features uh, benzatine art and stunning frescoes, as well as a peaceful garden for guests to enjoy and to meditate. Not many people know the respiratory of St. Photius contains uh, Vatican certified bone fragments from 18 saints. From 18 saints. That's actually pretty cool. Now, actually, as I'm thinking about this, uh, we did visit a few churches while we were there and we took some pictures inside. Unfortunately, this particular um, website, for some reason, the link is not working. The link isn't working, but I'm sure you can go and and Google this to see 
you know, what would come up and who this saint was. Uh, but St. Uh, Augustine is just a beautiful city to be in, period. Uh, they have a lot of culture there. And it it is full of food and shopping and souvenirs and just just tons and tons of stuff. Now, looking at the, I was, I was able to get over to the website. Yeah, this is where I thought it was. This is, uh, this National Shrine is steps from the historic city gates at St. George Street. And when you are close to the city gates and the old fort, there's there's a couple streets there. It, I mean, they're just full of shops. There's just all sorts of stuff. Like one of the first uh, school buildings, or they call it schoolhouses there. Uh, it's just tons of stuff. And I guess you just have to be there to see what I'm talking about. But the St. Photius Greek Orthodox National Shrine is an institution of the Greek Orthodox uh, Church and is dedicated to the first colony of Greek people who came to America in 1768. The shrine consists of exhibits depicting the life of early Greeks in America and the development of the Greek Orthodox Church in America. So, yeah, why don't you check out the Greek Orthodox National Shrine? It looks pretty cool. And I'm going to give you a different link in our Facebook page as opposed to the one that's in the core article, because that one is not working. OK, uh, let's try Marco Island, Marco Island. There's a place called Cape Romano Dome Homes, Cape Romano Dome Homes. Uh, they sort of look old. And this article says they may seem like an odd place, but many people find these architecturally bizarre homes beautiful. They were originally built as beach homes by an oil magnate, a gentleman named Bob Lee. They were designed to withstand hurricanes, but unfortunately, he didn't account for beach erosion. That's what it looks like. It looks like you left a seashell just hanging out or some sort of something and it just kind of corroded. What once was uh, things of beauty uh, set against the green of the Everglades and the blue waters of the Gulf of Mexico now are strange tributes to nature reclaiming its home. And again, this is Cape Romano Dome Homes. They don't really have a website, but I was able to pull up some information on Wikipedia. And of course, you know, this is crowdsourced, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but this uh, Cape Romano Dome home, some history, uh, it's an abandoned house consisting of six dome-shaped modules on stilts. It sort of looks like a mom turtle is leading the baby turtles across the water, and they're just standing there for some reason. This is located approximately 300 feet offshore from Cape Romano Island. This is south of Marco Island, and it's in the 10,000 islands of Collier County, Florida. It was constructed in 1979 by a retired businessman, I already told you, Bob Lee, and it was abandoned in 1992. It was sold in 2005 to someone named John Tosto. The structure was never meant to be assembled or accessed or accessible by boat and has no landings or docking facilities. <laughs> so I think in just seeing this, it, this is just kind of the thing. If you wanted to, if you're in the area, uh, I think this is something you can just see, maybe take pictures of. Although I see people out and it looks like they're on top of the the houses. This is a little weird. So of all the 10, this one is my least favorite, but I, I thought I would mention it because it's in the article. Cape Romano Dome Homes. 
Here's another one that I'm going to do. This one's in the Gulf of Mexico, and it is Dry Tortugas National Park. Dry Tortugas National Park. So even though the Dry Tortugas is part of the National Park Service, this obscure cluster of isolated islands is often overlooked when visitors flock to Key West for an island gateway or getaway, rather. So FDR designed and designated as the area, this particular area is a national park. And it's an incredible spot. It's only accessible by seaplane or boat. So you can only get there by these two means. There's no driving over there. It's a great place for divers. If you want to, you know, see abundant sea life and things like that, because evidently there's a lot of coral reefs, there are tropical birds there. So if you're a bird watcher or photographer, also a great place for you. It again is a national park. You can also experience some fantastic fishing and you can take in all of the kayaking. There's a number of things you can do in this area. There's emerald and aqua waters. It simply looks beautiful. Standing as a monument to the past, Fort Jefferson is a massive coastal stone fortress that actually was never completed. This is called the Dry Tortugas National Park. Now, what happens when you go to uh, the link there, it's going to take you to the National Parks Conservatory. And you would just have to kind of find this particular uh, National Park, Dry Tortugas. But um, it looks fantastic, guys. It, it, you know what it reminds me of? Actually, two things. One, I just talked about St. Augustine, how it has the fort on the city out front. Some of the brick, some of the architecture reminds me of that. But moreover, uh, uh, Puerto Rico. When we were in Puerto Rico, we went to the crystal. They, they call it a castle, but it really is a fortress. It's the fort uh, that was used to guard, you know, entry into the um into the Gulf through through Puerto Rico. And it's a massive fort, massive fort, a lot of walking, a lot of walking, a lot of small rooms and different things like that. But it was all brick. Very beautiful. Now it's, a, it's obviously a tourist area now. And that's what the dry tortugas uh, kind of remind me of. So that's uh, what number was that? I think that was number seven. Well, number eight. So we have two more to go. Uh, if you like hiking and if you like waterfalls, there's a Falling Waters State Park, and that is in Chipley, Chipley, Florida. So most of us think that uh, think beaches, obviously, when we go to Florida. Who doesn't? Because it's the only state that has beaches on every side except for the top. Uh, but if you want to see some really breathtaking nature and appreciate local history, you can check out what's called Falling Waters State Park in Chipley, Florida, C-H-I-P-L-E-Y. It's a tropical paradise, according to this writer, and it boasts the highest waterfall in the state, the highest. Falling Waters is a remote, fern-covered park with paths leading to its iconic 73-foot waterfall. That's high. It drops into a cavernous sinkhole. That's scary. <laughs> Local legends and relics from recent digs tell us that the park contains numerous sinkholes, that that's not cool at all. That contains I don't like sinkholes that contains numerous sinkholes that were used as hideouts uh, by Native Americans who fought Andrew Jackson in the Seminole Wars. Bring your trunks, bring your springs, because the springs uh, have great swimming holes as well as great hiking, fishing and camping. So 
I'm a swimmer. Yes, I am a hiker. I do like to fish, although I don't. I'm a, I'm a guy that throws them back, but I don't necessarily camp. Falling Waters State Park, again, looks beautiful here on the on the site. And the link takes you straight to Falling Waters State Park site on the uh, Florida State Park site. And I'm going to see if it can give us some a little bit more information. So uh, for, for this, uh, Chipley, Florida is where it's located. It does have a phone number here in case you guys want to call and get any additional information. But the hours of operation, they're open 365 days a year until sundown. Most states' parts are. Again, they're open 365 days a year until sundown. So 8 a.m. until sundown. And in order to enter, uh, it's not by person, it's per vehicle. So it's $5 per vehicle in order to enter. Again, this is taunted as Florida's highest waterfall, and it is surrounded by huge trees and ferns and evidently sinkholes. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't like sinkholes. It just freaks me out a little bit. Now, you can download a map from the site, and you can also make a reservation in order to go to the park. And if you want to see a Falling Water State Park video park tour, you can do that. You can also do that from this particular page. All you have to do, again, is just go to our Facebook page and go down to where it says Falling Water State Park on this article, and you can just link out, and there you go. All right, so the last uh, of the 10 places that you didn't know uh, were in Florida. Uh, great places to go is the Apachicola National Park. Apachicola National Park. This is in Bristol, Florida, sitting on Florida's Panhandle, which is one of the nicest areas in Florida, the largest forest in the Sunshine State. It's home to some of Florida's most pristine lakes and rivers and Natural springs. I don't know about you guys, but I really like being in nature. So when I see something like this, um, I just kind of go towards it. I love hiking. I love just kind of being out. You know, I love walking uh, in in the woods. It's very meditative. Uh, it's 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 uh, it, it's a very good mindful practice, and it reconnects you back to back to Mother Earth. It's it's just a a great thing to be out in the woods, out in the forest, out in nature and listening to the sights and the sounds, seeing the sights, listening to the sounds, you know, uh, of the earth. Uh, the forest, uh, the forest opens up to prairies that in the spring put on a dazzling display of wildflowers as they bloom around the river. You have to see the beauty of this particular um Forest. It talks about caverns and sinkholes near what's called Leon Springs. You can also take a drive down the Apache Savannah Scenic Byway. Okay. I don't know. Uh, the sinkhole deal kind of freaks me out. So, uh, other than that, all of this sounds good. And again, they have their own website. So, this is good for folks who love hiking like I do who like to be out in nature, also like I do. If you are a fisherman, if you are someone who is a nature photographer, I mean, this looks pretty awesome. Uh, there are awesome creatures there. There are awesome variety of plants and birds and just different things. It looks it looks really, really nice. And like I said at the um, offset, this is 
the largest uh, forest area in the state. And uh, it's home to very unique animals and plant species and different things like that. So this is something that excites you. The Apachicola uh, State Park, National Forest, rather, uh, is maybe a good place for you to go. Now, uh, you go to the website and it's got contact information there. So in the event that you have questions that I didn't answer, there's a number of folks that you could call. You can also follow them on Twitter. I didn't see any of the other folks um, with, with Twitter, Twitter accounts. Um, you can camp there. You can download the motor vehicle map there uh, if you want to, you know, kind of be Johnny on the spot. They have different recreational areas, so it looks like places that you can rent and have events there as well. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going on here. It's pretty cool. It gives you a list of all the recreation uh, that they have there, bike, bicycling, camping, fishing, hiking, horseback riding, hunting. Uh, if you want to stay over uh, the camping, the RV, uh, they've got all that. Uh, water activities, scenic driving, picnicking, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. It's pretty cool. So that was our last one, though. That is in Bristol, Florida, and it is the Apachicola National Forest. So out of these, I'll tell you what my favorite is. Uh, I'm going to give you my top three. <laughs> I'm going to give you my top three. So at the top, although I'm not a scuba diver yet, uh, the Neptune Memorial Reef looks really cool. And that was in Key Biscayne. It just looks cool. It looks like something that I want to do. And because I love the uh, Japanese culture, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Japanese gardens, which was the Morikami Museum and Japanese Gardens. And that's located in Delray Beach. And then for my number three, I'm going to round out with the Kanapaha Botanical Gardens, again in the gardens. And that's uh, one mile outside of Gainesville, uh, close to the University of Florida. It looks spectacular. So if you are heading uh, out on a vacation or you needed vacation ideas, hopefully I've given you a few things to consider. And even if these are not full vacation uh, you know, plans, uh, what you can do if you're in the state of Florida is just incorporate these in one of your travel days, in one of your days. And maybe this can just set your uh, total vacation just, uh, you know, to the top. This can be something that you didn't plan to do, but now you're doing it and it's absolutely great. And if you happen to go to any of these places, please make sure that you come back to the Facebook page and let us know how you enjoyed it. Uh, again, these are 10 beautiful places in Florida that you didn't know existed. And they're not beaches, you know, in a traditional sense, they're not beaches. Again, most people go to Florida and they're going either for theme parks or for beaches. Those are the top two reasons why folks, uh, at least visitors, come to Florida. So, guys, it's been uh, a pleasure hanging out with you yet again today. And I hope I've brought some sunshine to your life. I know that it is summertime and folks are ready to get out and about. And I'm just going to request and suggest that you do it all safely and vaccinated and wear your mask and keep up with, um, you know, keep up with the protocol. Still be safe. There, there's, there's still room for safety. Uh, and um, 
we will be back in two days time with some more great content for you now please like share comment uh, on our content here it really helps us and most importantly share with your friends family loved ones and associates if you have the time we certainly would appreciate a review a review would really go a long way thank you guys so much for joining things you should know today it's been my pleasure and i will talk to you soon That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.